And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% and on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big Sean McCarthy. Lights, camera, action, Josh Thompson, the real punk. Are you ready? Boom! Latest edition of the Weighing In Podcast because UFC 257 is now history. And boy, do we got a lot of stuff to talk about, baby. Yes, we do. <laughs> yes, we do. I mean, we could stir the pot a little bit tonight. We could talk about all what the woulda, coulda, shouldas. But you know what? <laughs> Let's let's start. Look, I really honestly, and I'm I don't want to be a total Debbie Downer, but the card was just okay. The main card, the main, the last two fights were obviously very electric. I thought the um the Calderwood and Jessica I fight was good, like in terms of a scrap back and forth. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then the Hebus fight I thought was was okay. You know, it was pretty good. Uh, Marina Rodriguez, you she got looked, admit. Yeah, she looked good. Boom. But I had, I mean, in obviously, second round. But Hebus won the first round. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Uh, but not. You got to look, and Eva's got the fight where she wanted yes. it. Yes, she wasn't able to do anything. Rodriguez did a very good job defending, making life miserable for her, putting it so she couldn't do any damage. It was it was Eva's doing what she needed to do, yeah. but Rodriguez stopping it and looking good in the first round. As far as she didn't win the round, but she didn't take any damage. Yeah, broke my heart to see Hebus lose. <laughs> <laughs> Mine too. Mine too. No, uh, but no. I mean, like, she she uh, she had a couple good things that happened in the first round. She was able to dominate the top position, but when it came down to it in the second round, she just didn't close the distance. You can't get carried away sticking on the outside, knowing someone's got a good right hand and is longer than you. You can't just and that that was kind of a little bit how Jessica I fell into that same problem. You got to make sure that you stay moving, that you're moving your head side to side and punching your way in. You can't stand in one spot and try to land punches from there, knowing the the shorter and the not as lengthy of a fighter. And I, and I just it was the same thing over and over, yeah. And technically and as well with the Calderwood thing situation, and Hebus on the feet as well as in terms yeah. of technique. But uh, I expected more out of Hebus in terms of closing the distance, making it a grimy, dirty fight, uh, kind of how Dustin did in the first round, trying to get in there and press the the action against the fence and trying to get the the hands to lower a little bit, all that that type of stuff. You've got to make these fights MMA fights when you get to those top, you know, 10, 10 people in the top 10 uh, brackets. So it just wasn't there um, for Hebus tonight. The first round was went her way, but she didn't in the second round. I don't know if she just got comfortable. And was like, oh, you know what? I was able to get the takedown easy in the first. I'm just going to stick and move, stick and move. Well, it only takes one shot to turn the lights out. <laughs> you know, and we saw that a couple times tonight. Um, it's for, but the same thing led into the Jessica I situation where Jessica just wasn't moving her head offline. She's a dirt, like a dirty junkyard dog. I had, I had Jessica win in the first round Two judges, one judge had it when her win in the first round as well. It was a close round, so I'm not mad at it, but I had Jessica win in the first round and then losing the next two. It was pretty convincing, uh, decision, but Jessica just needs to get her head offline punch as she's sliding in to that phone booth. And she wasn't doing that. She's standing in her same distance trying to land punches on someone who has got, got a three or four or five inch reach advantage on her maybe even longer than that and is just technically in the stand-up game yeah. a smoother more efficient and better fighter i'm not saying if you're jessica you need to make it that grimy fight but even when they got into the dirty boxing and they were clinching inside 
Calderwood was landing the better shots overall. Now, it doesn't mean that, you know, Jessica didn't, didn't land at times, but overall, even in the dirty boxing range in that phone booth when they're clinched up, Calderwood was landing the better shots. She's just the more technical stand-up fighter. And so the place that if you're looking to say, well, where is it you want this fight to be? She tried multiple times. She got it down there a little bit, but she was never able to cause any problems on the ground for yeah. JoJo. The, the thing for JoJo, though, is this, is I felt like what won her the fight was, like you were saying, a little bit in that clinch area. But when they did get to the clinch, it was the knees. Okay, that won her that 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 Hello. a lot of that paid dividends in the third round. Yes, so she did. had landed the cleaner, harder knees in the second, and then going in the third, they kind of she hung on Jessica's head because she's the taller, longer, lankier fighter. She hung on her head, made her carry her weight, and then when she popped her head up, boom, right to the knees. That's beautiful work by her. I yeah. just I wanted to see, even though Jessica was in that phone booth. You've got to keep those hips pressed to her, your opponent. Yeah. Making sure they're gotta, not getting It's got to come tight because also the elbows, Josh. Yeah. Take a look at the elbows that she landed on the exits at time. You look and you go, come on, Jessica, you got, you have to be ready for that. You have to, you have to put yourself in a position where you realize I'm going to turn this way. This is the side I need to look towards. This is where it's going to come from. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just, there was, there's a, just a level difference in their skill set and the standup. Jessica is she's a tough fighter, but right now her skill set hasn't gotten better. Well, it, yeah, it really it, hasn't. It, it hasn't. So, okay. So here, you know? let me do, who do you place the blame on though? On her? Or do you place the blame on the camp that she's at? She's moved around in I camps, know. Josh. Yeah. She's been true. moving from one camp to another. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to say, you know, where, where you're going to put the blame, but you've got to have a system in place where, you're getting better. You're learning new things and your efficiency while you're fighting has increased. I don't see it increasing with it. She's tough. She is yeah. a tough girl and she will fight, but she's in the upper, you know, segment of the, she's fighting the best girls there are in the flyweights. And right now she's fighting at a deficit because the skill set and the, just the technical ability I'm seeing that the, all of the ladies that she's fighting, they're higher than she is. So she's starting the fight off as the, you know, the person who's underneath and she's got to win it on being gritty and dirty and tough and being that junkyard dog. It can only get you so far. Yeah. I mean, let's see. I'm looking at the rankings here. You've got Calderwood at seven, Jessica at six and which they'll flip flop. Probably that's going to flip. Yeah. Somewhere in there. I mean, but I look at Jessica, she beats uh, Roxanne Matafari. I don't know. I mean, like here, the one person that's kind of like a dark, I think she beats Roxanne. Let's not get ahead of You're, ourselves. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not getting ahead of myself, but every but, time you watch Roxanne, she she gets by in the stand-up, even though it's strange and awkward, and yeah. but she's tough. You go to the ground with her, she's tough down there, man. Yeah. She's, she's got good skills on the ground. The one that's the, the dark horse in all this is Macy Barber. She's she's extremely young. She's still very talented. She she her only loss she suffered because of her knee. She had hurt her knee, I think, against Roxanne Montefiore, correct, in that fight. Yep. And yep. so, and then she wasn't you know, after the rest of the fight. Just kind of went out the door after that. Um, but she's like kind of the dark horse in that whole situation. I think she'll end up making a run at the title. I mean, well, I don't she's, think she's any got a of fight them, coming up. Yeah, but none of those, none of them are going to end up beating Valentina until she decides she just wants to do something else. Nah, you know, I don't see it. it just, I mean, like when you get to that area, oh, she's fighting Alexa Grasso. 
Yes. Ooh, Good fight. Hello. Ooh, hello. Alexa Grasso's hot, man. Alexa Grasso can throw. Yeah, she can. Yes. yes she and she's can. fighting smarter now and yeah. she's at a better weight. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that as well. <clears throat> Go back to the card, please. There's a card. Oh, Go sorry, back to the card. The card, please. Um, please. Yeah, give me so the card. I mean, in, in that whole situation there, you've got. Um, Go scroll up so I can see the rest of the card. I'm just looking at all the undercard stuff before we start uh, talking about uh, Juliana Pena versus Sarah McMahon. I mean, Sarah, I don't understand. There was no reason for Sarah to like her, she's her stand up has come a long way. God, she started, dang it. Thank you very she much. She started panicking on the feet. Like for what? I don't she wanna... was doing. She was doing great her entire career. And I, I really love Sarah and I've talked to her a lot and, I, and at times I told her you, you have got to go you got to get away from where you're at and she has finally and you can see her skill set this is what I'm talking about oh. the same thing with Jessica I her skill set has improved her yeah. stand-up is so much better Josh yeah I mean it's it's night and day how much better she is in the stand-up and she was doing better in the stand-up than Juliana Pena and if you're going to look and say, all right, where's the one place that you could get into trouble now? It's going to the ground with her. And she takes her to the ground yeah. off of it. And it's like, she, from that point, she was, you know, she got positions and things like that. But there was never that point where she was being dangerous on the ground, Juliana. And once Juliana took her down, that was a beautiful takedown. She hit on her. And once she did, it was trouble. Yeah. It just was one of those situations where Sarah just, I'm like you. Your stand-up looks so much better. Oh, so much better. Her defense it, looked on point. It her, her was hand tight. Was there clean. was balance. Her, was, her footwork was good. Straight down the she was pipe. Doing, I was like, yeah. Man, she had landed a beautiful right hand in the first round. Right before, right, right before she decided to get the takedown. And sure, it went her way the rest of the round. But then you yeah. get into, like, then you get into like, okay, now you're start getting panicking to shoot the takedowns in the second. And you're like, what are you doing? Your stand-up's fine. Just relax. They composed. You're doing a great job. She yeah. cannot take you down. I, like, I was like, she cannot take you down. But then you started no. panicking. Well, you she started, did, though. Yeah, she did. But I'm saying, like, <laughs> because she started panicking, like, she needed to get the takedown. They got in the clinch and she got thrown. You know, I was like, but that didn't need to, that didn't need to happen. Look, when you start thinking, I got to do this, I got to do this, I got to do this, and it's not working, or you think, or like, you're pressuring yourself to do it, your mind gets distracted in the fight. And then that's how she ended up getting the takedown. It just, I, it was one of those situations like you didn't have to put that much pressure on yourself. And you could see as soon as it happened, you could see it just start to trickle in her head like, damn, I got to do this. I got to do this. Why? Your, your stand up is looking phenomenal. Keep doing what you're doing. And, confidence. Uh, she has more confidence. And because of her lifetime of wrestling and what she's done in the wrestling world, she's got confidence there. I just don't think she carries that same confidence when it comes to the stand-up game, and that's the difference. I'm going to talk a lot on wrestling, like on, on, the, on the wrestling mindset. For wrestlers, they've got to go hard for six minutes. If you've noticed that, like, even like tonight, with like look, look at people like Michael Chandler, the only, and, and look at people like uh, Sarah McMahon, other, other wrestlers, and Mike Van Arsdale, classic case, that they get so tired because they're used to that their whole life they've been wrestling Six minutes really, really hard. As hard as you possibly can. Strength, power, aggressiveness, speed, all this stuff. 
Some of them never get a chance to get away from it. They just mentally cannot turn that switch off. And don't get me wrong, they're phenomenal wrestlers and they're phenomenal what they did in wrestling. But this is MMA and it's a marathon compared to wrestling. It's not no a sprint. And I and I think she's kind of got caught up into that situation. Mike Van Arsdale, I kid you not, 40 years oh. old, ripped, shredded, one of the best athletes I've ever seen in my life. But he, the worst conditioning I've ever seen in my life because of the anxiety, because of the fact that like he just couldn't get past the five rounds or I mean the five minutes. It was like as soon as he hit the five minute mark, it was like, get me out of here, Bob, throw the towel in. I'm done. I'm over. I mean, it was was a weird situation, but the guy could train all damn day. Wouldn't get tired. Just train, train, train. Wrestlers have that. I think that switch that they've just got to learn to figure out that you're going to get tired. You just got to keep going. Now, in a six-minute match, is different because you know you're going to get tired and be over in six minutes. But 15 minutes, you got to understand that you're going to keep going, keep going, keep going for 15 minutes. But you're going to slow down a lot if you don't learn how to, like, kind of pace yourself a little bit. Chandler went through that a lot in his career. You know, yeah, um, sometimes. He didn't get a chance to show it tonight. But, I mean, like, he, he, went, he went through it a lot in his career that he just doesn't know how he did, hasn't learned quite how to pace himself. And, um... You know, we've seen it a couple of times where he did sometimes. We've seen a couple of times where he just didn't and and it worked against him as the fight went on. Um, look, outside of that, I think Calderwood's gonna jump up. She's not ready for a title shot. Slow your row. Okay, you're almost you're you're on your way back, but you're on the right track. Jessica I needs to figure out a situation. She needs to quit bouncing around from gym to gym. I think she's still with the uh, XMA though. Or not XMA, um Extreme Couture, correct? I don't think so. No, she left. <laughs> Yeah, she's she had left before. I had talked to her. I don't know, a couple, probably about right, right before she fought Shevchenko. I had talked. This is why to her. I said she's been changing camp, changing camp. You can't get I better. She was. She, she was with. Um, well, they said she was working out with Jake Shields a lot too. Mm. So, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't, you've got and as much as I, there was moments there in my career where I wanted to leave uh, AK, but then I went to other gyms and I realized I'm like. You know, I've spent my whole career at AKA. It's home. Like, there's nothing I can do to change that. Sure, sometimes you need to change. But if you need to change, do a change within your gym. Like, grab a different coach and start working with them on the side. Don't work with the same. Don't work with the same coach. Grab other coach or go to other gyms when you're go not fighting. Go to another fighting. gym and tra- exactly when train you're not when you're not. You don't have a fight. Yeah. Go and train at another gym. Train with other fighters. Train with other trainers. And get little info, you know, bits of information from them. Give them things that you know how you do it. Mm-hmm. All of that is good for you, and that helps mm-hmm. you grow as a fighter. But yeah. to jump around from gym to gym, you kind of get lost in the whole process because, yeah, you're the new thing there. But all of a sudden, you know, it's just not. It's not a good process. There's there is something about your trainer learning things about you and understanding you, and you understanding what they're trying to you know get out of you it's that whole process that is lost when you're moving from one place to another and just not the smartest yeah i i I took that up i think right after the eves edwards fight when i was in uh in the ufc in 2003 2004 eves had called me after we had fought and he had said hey um I'm fighting this guy in Japan. You know, he's tall, long, lanky, kind of like you, a little build. He got a little bit of rest. Anyways, I saw him and I chatting. He's like, I flew out to his, to, what is it, Woodland Hills, I think, in Texas to help him train. And then, you know, stayed out there for like probably about 10 days to help him train. Was out there for a while, helped him train. When I came back, I was like, this, that was so cool to learn from his coach, who was predominantly a boxing coach. 
you know, but it was to get some rounds in with him and work with his coach and get a different idea and different perspective on how I would teach things for myself as well as pick things up. Then I carried on. I started doing that. I went over to, I used to go help Rob McCullough train for almost all of his fights after I fought him yeah. as well. So Rob McCullough and then, you know, Frankie Edgar, when he came out here and trained, I started bouncing from gym to gym and I just realized that it's like, you can pick up so much knowledge going, yes. even if, even if you're like, they know that they're not going to tell you too much, but just by training, <laughs> no, because if there's the possibility they're going to have to fight you, it's like, yeah. eh, I'm not going to get to it. But when you've already fought them yeah. and there's really not that they're going to give you everything they you know can to, that they think is going to be good for you. Yeah. And even if it's not everything they know, it's more than, you know. Yeah. I mean, it, look, it, it, no one ever said you have to use it. Absorb, uh, taking <laughs> everyone's information and pick and choose what's works, what works best for your game. And in that situ in those situations, I thought it was phenomenal. I mean, I, I learned I didn't you know, with Rob McCullough, he didn't really have a coach. It was just him and I working together. And so I learned a lot just from you know sparring with him, grappling with him, and then me showing him, me actually teaching him stuff, and then it not working for him. And then him making an adjustment, be like, you know what? I'm gonna try it the way that you did the adjustment for yourself. Little things like that go a long way. With Jessica I, though, she needs to stay focused on one place, one direction, and and just try to pick, if you need something, pick somebody else's brain within the gym so you're not leaving, so you feel like you have your home. And I don't. I feel like you're saying she left uh, Extreme Patours. I and, do not believe she's still there. I could be yeah, wrong. No, yeah, I'm not sure. I know she was working with Gray and, uh, and Eric, I believe. Wikipedia uh, says Extreme Couture. Yeah, I mean, she might be with a different coach there out of Extremes then. With, Anyways. Yeah. They also say, I think, what Chandler's at Alliance. Where he hasn't been for yeah, how long? For a you know? long ass time. Can't go off of him. Yeah. But. Well, let's um, talk about Mr. Chandler. Let's talk. Let's talk about Mr. Hooker. <laughs> All right. My first initial thoughts were a couple things. I don't know. Dan Hooker came out like he was scared. And I don't know if it was scared or just what the feeling out process. I think he was trying to have a feel, feel out process. D has he not seen any of Chandler's fights? There is no fill-out process. <laughs> Chandler does not have a fill-out process. You would think. You know, and that's why I said in the three... We talked about this for the last two, three weeks now. Chandler in a three-round fight is going to be very hard to beat for all of them. Yeah. doesn't matter who it is. You know, and it, it just... It was like tonight, like you've got to get in his grill and make him blow his wad in that three-round fight. You know, and, and it wasn't there when when Hooker started setting pace and circling around and trying to figure out what he was going to do. Um, Chandler started, if you looked at the last fight with Benson Henderson, he started now throwing combinations off of his switch stance. So yep. he walks forward as he punches and he changes the he direction. switches that stance. Yeah, and he Bip. changes the direction in which the punch is coming. And when he does that, it comes from different angles. And so it doesn't matter if you're if you're six foot two and you're long and lanky. Because he's actually closing the distance by stepping in and switching and throwing the power. He's got power in both hands. You know, yeah, he does. people That's, handpick his he, right hand. But guess what? He's got power in that left hand as well. We put, saw that. He put, out, he put out Benson Henderson in his fight before this and now put out, you know, Poirier. I mean, put out Hooker. That's where you know, the left hand is what put Hooker yeah. on the deck. Yeah. So I think that the, the thing to look at here, and everyone's going to say, oh, you're a Bellator homer. That's why. No. Yeah, if you well, looked at the fight, I will tell you this. Michael Chandler is a good fighter. Dan Hooker is a good fighter that did not show how good of a fighter he is in this fight. And you know, he's going to have to figure out what he did wrong. But I do think he gave 
I don't want to say it was too much respect. I think he was trying to figure out the timing on him and, and he kept circling, but nothing was coming Michael Chandler's way. He was giving some feints. He was giving some little movements with his feet that he would come a little bit and make, make Chandler kind of stop. But there wasn't anything offensive really going towards Chandler and there had to be something, you know, the low kick he was trying on the calf. It missed, it missed, it missed. Okay. We'll switch it up. You know, just keep him at range at range. You have a great advantage. Why not keep it there and make him feel like it's hard to pass this barrier and get into his range. Yeah. I, and it, I don't know where the game plan came from. I, and whatever it was, but I know Dan Hooker is a way better fighter than he was able to show in this performance. uh, John, I'm going to tell you this. And I I feel like this is one of those scenarios that I had talked about probably about three weeks ago. And I said, these guys in the top five, top six in UFC, they have no idea who fucking Michael Chandler is. Want to know why? They don't watch Bellator. That's okay. And no, no, I am. And I'm okay with that. What I'm saying though, is this, when all these guys came over from the WC and all these guys came over from Strike Force and they started winning, like, yep. it's because those guys in the UFC never cared to pay attention to what they were doing, what the other fighters were doing in their weight class, never realizing that one day they may come over. If you are fighting in the UFC, you need to be ready to, you need to be watching every fighter from other organizations because they are eventually going to feel like the good ones are going to eventually try to find their way maybe into the UFC. Or in Chandler's situation, Bellator was like, look, you just got knocked out by Patricio and we feel like you've lost your value and you're asking too much money, so let's just let you go. you know. And that's really what happened. It came down to like he wanted a ton of money. And so when he wanted a ton of money, like you just lost to our 45-pound champ, go ahead and test the market. He tested the market and he just well, said, look, we don't want to do this. But my point is, is back to the hooker situation. I really feel like those th- these fighters in the top five, top eight, Whatever it is, they don't pay attention to other organizations in these type of situations. It's going to cost them. It's going to cost them because guys like Chandler that are going to come over that are just they're sleeping on all oh, your older, all oh, your washed up, or all oh, you fought in Bellator. They're going to continue to say that, and that's these type of things are going to happen to them if they don't pay attention. Well, that's true, but yeah, let, let's make something very clear here. Michael Chandler did lose to Patricio. He got knocked out. He got hit behind the ear, which yep. is something that. You saw it with Andrew Sanchez tonight. Mm-hmm. Andrew Sanchez was fighting a tough fight. I think he was losing the fight, but it's hit behind the ear. And look at the chicken dance that he was doing, yeah. and it put him out of the fight. That can happen to anyone. Yep. But absolutely, Chandler lost to uh, Pitbull. But then he came back, and he did a first-round knockout against Sydney Outlaw, and he did a first-round knockout against Benson Henderson. So he has two wins in his prior two fights to this one that were in Bellator. So he had come back and he had proven himself. It was just, you know, there's difference of opinion on someone's value and you've got to go with what is best for you. And it was time for Michael to move on. But like I said, like I had said on the podcast and people can sit there and, you know, say I'm a homer, which they normally call you. <laughs> but I'm not a homer uh, for anyone because of where they fought before. I just know when a guy is good. And I know that Michael Chandler yeah is a good fighter and he can beat anybody on a given day. Now I'm not saying he can't be beat, but this is the Michael Chandler that I was talking about. This is the aggressive guy who's got speed 
and speed kills. Yeah. He is fast. When he goes, when he steps on the gas and he pulls that trigger, it's fast, it's powerful, and that is difficult for anyone to deal with. Yeah, I mean, like as much as it pains me to say, it's like vinegar coming <laughs> know, out of my mouth, he's a good fighter. Yeah. He's a really good fighter, and I've never doubted the fact that he's been a good fighter. Uh, people just were trying to do the MMA math, like Will Brooks didn't do well in the UFC, and he beat Doesn't Chandler. Matter. I also said this is different. This is a different era of fighting, and it's also a different mentality. Yeah, this is what people don't you know. And, and I'm not going to get into what happened with Will Brooks, but there is a difference in every human being out there, mm -hmm. and if there's one thing that I can guarantee you from Michael Chandler, and we talk about confidence all the time. He Michael Chandler it. does not lack it in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. And so this is, this. he's a different athlete going into that organization than some other people were. You know, people talk about, you know, Ben Askren. Ben Askren was a shot fighter as far as he was an older guy. He, has, he had a hip that needed to be replaced. He had done all of his fighting. He had, it was over, really. You know, it was it was a chance for him, and he went you know went out there, did his best. But Michael Chandler is different than both of those guys. You know, he going in, he can beat any of them. Now, the one that I don't think he can beat, I don't see him beating Khabib ever. I think Khabib beats him every you know every day, Monday through Sunday. But everybody else, he can beat. That doesn't mean he will. Dustin Poirier would be, in my opinion, the toughest fight. And I would probably say that I would put Dustin, if that fight happens, he would be the favorite in that fight, in my opinion. You know, based upon everything he's done and the way he fights and the way that he can carry a fight on, I think Dustin Poirier is the favorite in that fight. But, you know, Michael Chandler can fight with any of them. And he's trained with most of them. They all know. Yeah. You know, there's some of the guys in there. They know. That's why that's why those guys weren't taking that fight. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of things that I can say. I just I really think it comes down to the fact that these guys have they have no respect for Bellator guys and they didn't ex that they're just they I don't think they really pay attention to when there's a they Bellator better start card. Respecting everybody. I don't I don't think that they pay attention. And I, I think and I'm go back to the, I swear to you, I go back to when the WC guys came over. Those guys ended up being the top guys in the 155-pound division and became champions, both of them. You had Benson, you had Pettis, and then, like, Cerrone was in that mix. Like, you had those guys. They just ran through the 155-pound division and became the top guys. And then the Strike Force guys came over, and sure, we had a couple good guys that made some runs. You know, Pat Healy beat Jim Miller. I beat Nate. You know, what's-his-name beat Diego. Gilbert Melendez beat Diego. Had two title fights. I mean, it didn't come to fruition in terms of top, but look at all the other guys that came over from Strike Force that won titles. My point is, is that they didn't know who those guys were. They had never really done research into watching them fight. They never went and watched them live fight. And when it came, when we everyone came over, it affected their performance. Like, oh, I got this. Oh, a little bit of that. Oh. Not want to say overconfidence. Just like, I'm in the UFC. I got this. And it, and I think that's kind of the vibe and the feeling. When Dan Hooker got in there tonight, I didn't see a confident person. The look on his face when that when that fight started. You got Chandler smiling and laughing and sitting in that little crouching tiger hidden dragon position, you know, and looking across the cage. 
He didn't. Chandler looked confident, which he never is. Yes, he did. He always has that. Doesn't sense lack of, it. Doesn't lack it at all. Dan Hooker had that look on his face, like this little motherfucker's coming after me, and I like look at him, and he's stalking him. He was stalking him in that in that cage. He always does. You should yes. have known and seen and been prepared for him to do that. He never starts off slow ever. I don't understand. Like your your process should have been calf kick, push kick, calf kick, push kick to the face. Keep your distance. Make things like that happen. Jumping, flying knees, things like that to make him stay away from you and keep distance. It was never there. He never got started. He never had a chance to get started. Well, I think I think Hooker was concerned with bringing the kicks up based upon the wrestling. He looked at that Chandler wants to take him down. I don't want to give him the leg. I don't want mm -hmm. it to be where he's timing that that kick. So I can kind of understand it, but you at least have to make him stop that progression forward. Mm -hmm. You got to make him earn coming towards you or pay for coming towards you. And that's, that's what I didn't see, mm -hmm. but you got to give it to Michael Chandler. Everyone can sit there and say whatever they want. All the pressure, all of the things that people were talking about. And I, I heard Chael saying, Oh, you know what? Going in there, the pressure, Hooker's going to win that fight. All this stuff. Now, took the pressure, took all the stuff. Yeah. It doesn't no, matter. It's a fucking cage. Yeah. Okay. You can he, call it whatever they want. You're uh, only fighting the one person standing across from you. I was, I was, I'm going to take a little bit of the Chael side though, is that I was concerned about the pressure of him having to go there. Big contract. I know we talked about it, but yes. I was putting Chael on the spot, not you. It's okay, but I'm going to jump on the Chael bandwagon in this situation. Look, I can call my own bullshit. Not my bullshit, but my own, my own shit. Alec, it's true. I really was like, man, you, first off, it comes down to the money. It's like you, you get paid that amount of money. You know that there's pressure on you to perform. And that you're him being a competitor, he's he's thinking, shit, if I don't perform, they're going to be thinking they're overpaying me. They're going to try to release me. And then where am I going to go? Bellator? No, I'm not going back there. Where am I going to go now? I'm going to go over to one. I'm fighting Asia. Like that. Ain't, like those are the things that are going through his mind for the amount of money that he's making. And so I think there was, a, I think he did put some pressure on him. But what I did like, though, is I like how he came out smiling. He came out like, you know what? I'm glad to be here. I'm finally yep. here. And now it's just up to me to get it done. And I mean, up until honestly, up until the last week, I thought Hooker was an easy fight for him up until this last week. But then I started watching some of the old Hooker fights, you know, going into this week. And I'm like, no, this is not. I think Dan Hooker's got a good chance of beating him. Got a good chance of beating him. I was telling myself, like, he's going to beat him. He's going to hit him with that knee or he's going to stick the jab in his face. He never got started. He never got started, John. He just, no. it looked like he was scared. Well, that was the one thing that I, you know, everyone that asked me, I said, the one thing that Chandler, in my opinion, really needs to be careful of, he's got to watch the knee coming up the middle. Yeah. Because because Hooker throws it without any, he's not telegraphing it at all. He's just standing there, all of a sudden it's coming up. It's fast, it's efficient, he times it well. That was the one strike that I said, he can knock him out with that. Mm -hmm. I, didn't th I didn't see Dan Hooker knocking Mike out with his hands. I didn't see the kicks being, no. I saw the knee being a real problem that, Mike could duck his head down and hit one of those knees as it's coming up. And that, that could happen to anyone, but you know, I think good. This opens things up. It's a beautiful uh, thing that has happened here. I think now you have a couple of different matchups that you can make. There's some things to look at who knows what the matchmaking will be, but let me tell Michael you Chandler the now entering the 
Yeah, you got to say, where was Hooker? At six? Yeah, he was at six. So then Michael Chandler's number six. No, I'm going to tell you right now. I, 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 I'm going to tell you right now. Everyone at home, I'm gonna, I'm t- just call me Mystic Thompson. Mystic, <laughs> I'm going to tell you Josh, right now. We, okay, I, I thought if he didn't have a good performance or if he had a good performance and still won, they were going to give him Justin Gaethje. But then now that now that he's knocked out Hooker and Connor has lost and Tony is in number five, there what i'm saying is that you're gonna give you're gonna go chandler and dustin Poirier for the title the amount of money they're paying chandler and and dustin having a great hold performance hold on, hold on before you go i love what you're saying but now you're telling me that habib is not going to fight after that performance he's not going to come back like dana was talking about so i'm also watching the presser right now while <laughs> we're out, while we're live and dana just said khabib said to him right after the show be honest with yourself, Dana. I'm levels above these guys. Yeah, and and kind of implied uh, that he is probably <laughs> not gonna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. Look, look. You gotta. I, 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 I have a, 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 a thing about. I don't really like Chandler. Okay, and, <laughs> but the thing is, is that Khabib He's such has a hater there. John. Khabib has the remedy for him. Look, I said, I said good things about him tonight. He, he had a good performance. Thought he fought a great fight. He came out with a good confidence and he came out yeah. smiling and laughing. And that lets me know that he's relaxed enough to go out there and perform. And he did. But I think what they're going to do is they're going to give Chandler Dustin Poirier now for the title because they're paying him a lot of money. And so that's why they're going to give him, they're going to shot the title. Those two guys will fight. Justin Gaethje now will probably fight, um, who was that? Probably Charles Oliveira. They're not going to, there's no one else really in that mix for them to fight. I wanted hold to you see. Said, hold it. You said Justin Gaethje is going to fight Connor. Oh, sorry, sorry, Connor. I mean, I, I okay. Say, so I say Charles. All right. So now this is my question to you. Yeah. So who is Charles Oliveira gonna fight? I think they're gonna wait. I, I think they're gonna wait until after Chandler and Dustin fight and give him and give him uh, the winner. Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you. You could be right, mm-hmm. but I say Dustin Poirier fights Charles Oliveira for the title. Okay. I just I think with the with the knockout that Dan Hooker had, I don't think so. I think well, they, I, 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 think, I, honest, I don't think they're going to give Chandler that title fight uh, after one victory. Mm-hmm. And I think I think you're right about the Justin Gaethje versus Conor McGregor. Yeah. I think that fight's going to happen. Yeah, but we've just learned some things that need to take place if that fight's going to happen. But I think Justin Gaethje versus Conor McGregor. I think Dustin Poirier versus Charles Oliveira. For the title, and I think the fight that they wanted to make in the past is going to happen now with Michael Chandler against Tony Ferguson. Coming off a loss, two losses. Coming and off then... of two losses doesn't matter. Again, he's uh, only been in the UFC for one fight. I know, but... They, yes, they... it was an impressive performance. So now show me that impressive performance once again against Tony Ferguson, That's just and then we'll, then we'll talk about title. That's not a good fight for Tony Ferguson. I'm just saying, that. coming I off said two, that from the beginning, coming off two losses in terms of especially the, with speed, the, with the confidence and the speed. And speed is the big difference. Yeah, I mean, I would say, I would, I could see them doing Connor and Justin because it is a stand-up fight. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. And then, but yep. the one thing that I don't know if they're taking this consideration is that Justin kicks really fucking hard. Oh and yes, when, the, the one thing I was just talking about when I said there's one, something I got to take into consideration. Connor has turned into a boxer. Yeah. 
boxing is one element of MMA. And if it's what you bring as your main element, you're going to lose. And that's what you saw tonight. He not one time, Josh, not one time did he use what is one of his most effective tools that you have watched him use consistently throughout his career. I love that weapon. That freaking toe kick to the solar plex, toe kick, push kick, ball kick, whatever a lot of guys call it different things, is an effective strike. And it's a beautiful long-distance jab. It keeps people at range. It makes them think about what's coming their way. It takes the air out of them in short little bursts. It punches a hole in the gas tank. It is a great tool. And how many times did he throw it tonight? I didn't see it one time. I didn't see it one time. Zero. Zero. Crazy. Yeah, it's it's not it's for me it's for me it's just crazy the fact that he has fallen into line with Jose Aldo. They had Boy, the two it's a good comparison. They had nasty kicks and they just got away from them and they became boxers. And the next thing you know, their chins are getting touched. Well, and it limits your it limits who you are as that offensive fighter. It now makes you an easier opponent for the guy you're fighting. Yeah. Why would you do that? Yeah, I, you fall I in know. love with your hands. Don't fall in love with your hands. Fall in love with the sport of MMA and all of the tools that it allows you to use during competition. And if you have all of those tools in that toolbox and you're able to pull them out at different times and utilize that tool, that makes you a very difficult person to deal with. When you are only coming at me with one skill set, you become an, a much easier person for me to deal with do i make excuses for for conor mcgregor should i i want to make i want to make a couple excuses for him i mean not okay. in terms of that he needs them but i'm just simply saying people need to understand that he's a change man no doubt about he's it. he's got a baby on the way he's got two kids already you see the this way is, he was this you is see what the, this is what life will do you see as, the way he's acted at the at the presser you see the way he's acted at the weigh-ins i don't want to say i don't want to say this too much he touched on a little bit too of the inactivity. Maybe was the key. That I might think, be. I, I I honestly believe he's just a different person. I think I don't want to be a negative Nancy. I think he's done fighting. I think I don't think he has that that killer instinct anymore. He's a multi millionaire. I think he there's there's other things that are definitely in his mind. I he, don't get me wrong. He's still talented. I mean, like he can still probably beat the top f- four or five guys. I mean, like it just. It's this, got it just I think I think really he's in a happy place right now. You saw it all week. Josh, this loss is different than every other loss yeah. he's had. Yeah. Every loss that he's had has been by what? Submission. Submission. All of them. And so it was always that, well, there's that over there. It's not that someone has hurt him. And you could see the first time when Dustin hit him, it stunned him, and that was in the first round. And then when he in that second round. You saw right away when he was, he had his back up against the cage and he got hit. I'm trying to remember if it was the left hand straight and you could see it stiffened him. And I went, Oh, he's hurt. Yeah. And you, and then it just started, you know, rolling downhill, but he's never been in that position where he's been knocked out. Even, even in the stupid boxing match with Floyd, (laughs) Floyd never put him down. Yeah. And you know the referee Bob Bird stopped the fight. Okay, that's great. He should have, but Lloyd never put him down. Dustin knocked him out. Let, let me let me touch a little bit so I don't get too much into Connor making excuses for him. 
But I'm going to say that Mike Brown, I was watching the the 24-7 special on whatever hey, it was. Hey, you talked about it. And I got to tell you, he one thing that Mike Brown touched on was that he is more durable at 155 than he was at 145. No tonight, doubt about it. Because tonight proved it. He got hit by some good shots. Yeah. And he got hurt. You can see when he got hurt. But he was able to take his distance, maintain a little bit of time to get himself back, snap it back, and then continue on with what he was doing. Yeah, That's the difference between being a healthy, hydrated fighter at 155 pounds going up to 170 pounds and a guy that has just crushed himself to get to that 145. Not enough fluids be being able to get back into him that are sticking the right way. He's just a better fighter by yeah. far at 155. Yep. This is that this is that whole thing of why you know you know everyone oh if you if you go if you go down to the the smaller weight class you'll be even bigger and better bullshit it is just not that way for some guys it is yeah Max but Holloway for a lot it's not yep you've got you have guys that 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 use that length that reach and range and the speed of which you can throw the amount of punches if you can still perform the way Max does at a lower weight why have at it. You know, oh, I think, yeah. but it works for him because he, that body style that we've talked about many times, he fits that body style for 145. He doesn't fit that body style for 155. He's no, not he's the not. Tall, he's not the bigger, longer he's not, guy. He's not the bigger, taller, like you said, longer guy. He is the guy that basically is the same size as all the other ones. He's smaller than Connor. He's smaller than. Uh, he's brought the same size as Dustin. I mean, like Dustin's thicker. I think possesses a little bit more power, and we saw that when they fought in the second time. In the uh, in the 155, I can't make any. I, I the excuses that I'm gonna make for Connor just strictly have to do with life, not in terms of that. You know, um, the in terms of like tonight, it was just Dustin's night. Dustin did the he did the better job of implementing his game plan. The calf yeah. kicks that right off the bat when he got the takedown and then press him to the fence. calf kick was huge. But then just dirty boxing and making Connor use energy in the clinch. I've said this since the beginning yeah. of Connor when he started fighting. First time I saw him fight Nate Diaz, I was like, I was like, all you got to really do is press him to the fence, make it a dirty, grimy fight, you know, take some of that pressure. I'm sorry, not the Nick, Nick Diaz fight, the Nate Diaz fights, the Chad Mendes fight. He didn't have the same pop in that fight. The reason why that that fight ended up going as well as it did is because Chad was so damn exhausted. But Ch Connor, well, why was, was he exhausted from from trying to wrestle so much? Not Connor. I'm talking about Chad. And, Chad. Yeah, and from getting the hit toe the kick, body. The toe Hello. kick. Hello. The toe kick. He was tired because he had ten days, but to prepare for the fight. <laughs> yeah, well, that that was that, that was, was one number. that was one of the reasons. But no, overall, but overall, to me, I feel like look, Connor is he's done a lot in this short period of time that he's been in the sport. You know, I was in the sport for twenty years, accomplished maybe a fraction of what that guy has done. So I got to tip my hat to him and everything he's done. But I really think as a fighter, as a fighter, unless he decides to stop doing all of his other stuff, his like dial back on the whiskey, dial back on the on August McGregor clothing line, dial back and all the other stuff he's got going on and focus back on fighting like he used to. He won't ever be the same fighter again. It's nothing bad. It's nothing bad. It's like he's No, it's not bad, every, but it's not everything I he can, should have done. I can break this down for you because you, you've been in the same same positions. I wish I had been in his situation. Well, <laughs> money-wise maybe a little different. Yeah. I want you to think about this. No, because it's the truth when you're a young man and it's all you have. As far as you, you have the girlfriend, but you don't have the family. Yeah. You don't have the wife. You don't have the kids and you're fighting. Well, it's, it's your mistress. 
Yeah. It's what you go to and you en you enjoy it. And you don't have anything else. All you have is the fighting. You go to practice in the morning. You go and work out. You do that. You go home. You eat lunch. You maybe take a nap. You go back to the gym. You do your night practice. You go back home. You eat something. And you if you have to, you do some cardio. And then you go to sleep and you do it all over the next day. Yeah. If you have the girlfriend, maybe you do something in between the, the meal, the cardio, and the sleep. But that's really all you do. There's nothing else that you have your attention placed upon. But when you become this guy, like Connor, and you have all of these different things in front of you, you have the suit line, you have the proper 12, you have all of these things, you know, the Netflix things or the, or whatever it is that, you know, you're, you're trying to come up with for the next thing. Those are taking hours, minutes, days, whichever way you want to look at it. It's taking your attention away from fighting and it's putting it there. And eventually what you do is you start segmenting your life into the point where there's weeks that you don't even think about fighting. You don't even do anything about fighting. You don't really even train fighting because you're doing all these other things while all of your opponents are doing what they're taking care of business and they're in the gym and they're learning and they're going and they're, they're trying to you know get better it becomes a part-time job for you. When you have the fight, you go to the gym and you train. It's not the same. And it's just a difference that in the end, the results show exactly how committed you are to the sport. Yeah. You, you hit it the nail on the head. Training and fighting is like your mistress. You wake up in the morning, you go bang her out, you come back home, you eat a little meal, you go back over and bang her out again. There you go. Back home and eat I a wasn't going to say it that way, yeah. but that's exactly Someone's it. Someone's got to be honest with our fans. <laughs> Someone's got to tell them the truth. Look, overall, um, if Connor's going to continue, I think they're going to give him Justin Gaethje next. Now, what makes that fight more interesting, sure, Justin Gaethje has great kicks and he's got heavy, hard kicks, but he's also right-handed. So those kicks will not be affecting the inside or his calf as much as the ones that were affecting it tonight. And I think that's really what the the tale of the story the story of the tale was tonight as far as, as far as this fight is that he legit because he fought another southpaw, that lead leg is out there and available to be kicked the way that it normally be for somebody else if we were both conventional fighters. So Justin's going to have to kick the inside of the leg. Connor checks that kick a lot better, that inside leg kick. If Justin's yeah. going to throw those leg kicks, he's going to have to switch stance to kick the outside of the calf. So given that that type of scenario, it becomes a boxing match. I just don't know if, if Connor being what Connor is now, the focus, if it's going to be the same, like he got clipped tonight and we've never seen that happen to him. The movement is, is he looked good a little bit, but he just didn't look as clean and crisp as he normally does. He didn't look comfortable. No. He did not look near as, you know, one of the things when you watch Connor and you watch him fight, most of the time, he looks just comfortable. It was of, of every fight that, you know, I ever did of his, that Eddie Alvarez fight, I never saw a guy look so comfortable yeah. in a fight. Never. It was like, I mean, there was nothing that he couldn't do in there. There was that comfort factor. And if you watched him against Dustin tonight, he was, you know, he was moving himself, but there were times he didn't look comfortable at all. Yeah. And he looked out of position, which is not normal for him. And even 
when he would set up the counter, it was there and he would short stroke it and, and not throw it. And you go, Oof, it was there. And that's a huge part of his game. You know, I think that the layoff, no matter what Dominic Cruz will tell you, it does affect different fighters in different ways and not having that, you know, ability to be in the cage for a year. It's been over. It's been basically a year. Yeah. You know, it, it's too long for him. He needs to be in the cage. He needs to be in the gym. He needs to put all of his attention on the fight game. If he wants to be a world champion fighter. If I was him, I would just walk away. That's okay. Yeah. I don't I have a problem with that, and I wouldn't yeah. blame him. And, I wouldn't blame him. Either. Hey, thanks for everything you did for the sport. Thank you for uh, elevating things. Thank you for yeah. you know, bringing fighter pay up. All of those things, you'll be missed. This is going to sting, though. This one's going to sting for a while. Oh, this one's going to sting. Look it. I told you. The big difference in this one is, Josh, he got knocked out. Yeah. This, this is a big one. This one hurts him. Yeah, this is huge. I, I think that... I mean, he, he, this is, this is going to, I don't know if it's going to affect everything he does outside the cage. But ah, I, that part is, well, let's, matter. yeah, it does because it does affect your businesses. Not in terms okay, of the businesses you, you already have. Let me ask you this. What's his, what's his businesses? We'll, we'll just say the two that we talked about. One is whiskey. Right? One is whiskey. One is whiskey. Uh-huh. Is it going to, is it going to alter that? Nope. Not in the least. I just, I like I believe that things like the August uh was it August McGregor clothing yeah. line you know yeah. I, look I'm not saying in terms of what it is it's not going to end up opening any it won't end up opening any more bigger de- de- like deals there you go that's my point my, so yes, yes it is affecting right. your business deals but the as far as in terms of are they going to get bought as much I don't know I mean who's to say now someone said they watched them get knocked out now all of a sudden they pat when they go in the liquor store and they see they see proper twelve they're like oh, I'll go to the next one. Who knows? You don't know what people's <laughs> mindsets are. You've seen how, how these fans are. They're fickle. They're fickle. fickle. You know, we're, we're all fickle. Yeah. people. I mean, if you uh, listen to them and I'm, I'm a Homer and I'm, a, you know, it's all this other stuff. So it's, um, I, I think, I think for me personally, is if I was him, I would, I would just walk away. Like you done, you've done it all. You, your mindset in your life is at a different position now than it was when you were, when you were hungry. Like he's hungry in terms of business ventures now, not fighting. You know, and and I, think, and I really feel like and I don't like to stroke Dana, you know, too much because he's already got a big enough bald head. But Dana, one thing he is, he's he's someone that is focused on being a businessman in terms of I've that next that it's that net closing that next deal. And Connor is kind of falling into that like he's hungry in terms of, you know, he had mentioned a couple of deals that he had worked on on our show that we had to edit out. But it's like, yeah, those are things that, you know, that you. You know that he's pushing for that. He's pushing for this. His management's team doing the best they can to get him as much as they possibly can. And that happening, like his his mind is going probably a thousand miles in other directions, focusing yes. on everything else but fighting. And this yes. is this is not, and we've said this I don't know, a thousand times. This is not something you can be part-time at. You're either all That's in or the, you're all out. And that's it's the hard. whole point right there. It's hard, man. It's hard to be somebody like that as successful as he has been and not make it your focus. I mean, we started seeing that a little bit with pro boxers. You look at pro boxers, right? Manny Pacquiao, he started running for Congress. He started doing all this stuff in his own country and, and, and 
and it just started distracting him. He started losing. You know, he just started. Lo- he didn't look as clean and as crisp as he used to before. Floyd Mayweather. I don't know how much. Other, what other business ventures he has outside of just being a multi multi millionaire. You know what I mean? Like I don't understand. Like I I know he's got the TMT, the money team, or whatever it is. But like, does yeah, he, what, what is other, that? That's part of his boxing. That's part world. of his boxing world. Like, do you own anything else? I don't even know if he does. I'm like, sure he has investments, but yeah, he's not the guy like Connor is out front. Yeah, for whatever it is he is. Well, let's let's talk invested. about that real quick. Because and look, I'm gonna I want to make sure that Dustin gets his due. But I'm like Dave does podcast. Dave he works for a distributing company. Uh, what's the name of the company? I don't want to say. On the okay, podcast. okay. I'm sorry. Gosh, <laughs> your company, your, your company's real proud. Whoa, we were trying. So, to anyways, company we're trying to give your company a pop in right, business. Never but I get again. It. So, anyways, so remember he, that half I talked about, Josh? Yes. Yeah. Now it's now to, cut again. Quarter. Now it's a quarter. So he, so he works for this company, and this company said, "Look, we have seen like the results in terms of Conor McGregor. George Clooney had a tequila." He ended up selling it for like a billion dollars, a little over a billion dollars, whatever it was. But George never went to these, uh, you know, like BevMo and stuff and did autograph signings or distributed the liquor. He was never there. He's like, fuck, oh, I'm George Clooney. Screw you guys. He's an investor yeah. in that. And Conor McGregor Conor, in podcast, Dave was here telling us, he's like, hey, literally like Conor McGregor is there at the BevMo signing autographs, taking, taking pictures, shaking hands, like pushing his own brand. He's one of the first not first but he's one of the ones one of the owners of his his company that is out there doing all the legwork to make sure that his brand is successful other Which brands takes just what what just takes time commitment <laughs> commitment and time commitment time <laughs> yeah effort yeah all of those things that take away from the fight game but also the things that you put into the fight game as well it's like sacrifice and all that right like yeah, you didn't have to do that for the whiskey, but it, it paid off. And I think that's like it's a testament to how committed he has he was to turn your mic here. up. I can barely hear you. Uh, that yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's better. Yeah, I just uh, and I very rarely want to hear you, but it was good. <laughs> it was good. Um, but no, I, yeah, like you got to give the guy his due. He's got all these other things that he's working on, but he's actually there trying to push his brand and make sure that it's popular. Anyways, um. I think I think that it would be good if he just decided to move on to to something else that he's passionate about. He's passionate about business. When we had the interview with him, what last week, last this last Thursday, not yesterday, yeah. but last Thursday, um, or two two days ago. Anyways, it just simply is is that he talked when we brought up some other deal. I said, "What else are you working on?" Da, da, da. He brought it up, and that that energy in his face, like I'm working on this, I'm doing this, and I'm like, he had a lot to say about it. You know, yeah. the fight is the fight. But you got it's, this is not a sport that you're you're one leg in, one leg out. You're either all the way in or you're all the way out. This is the hurt business. You're gonna get hurt. And tonight, you know, he got hurt. He got hurt tonight. He got hurt. And yeah. so, and I'm afraid, I'm afraid that like in, you do any more damage to yourself. You know, you could start hurting your businesses, businesses. Like losing yeah. like this one time. Okay, look, let's. I'm gonna move on and just focus on my businesses. I get it. But losing like this another time, and then it just starts starts kind of hurt hurting your business ventures out there. Oh no, you've lost you. People care about you because you were, you're a top fighter, you know. But when the fighting goes away, some of those investment people will start going away as well. Him well, it might be no a, him might be a little bit different because he is a, what he's worth what almost three or four hundred million dollars now, something like that. I think is what Forbes had him at. He's worth a couple couple million. I want to say three hundred million. He's worth like I think three hundred million is what they said. 
so that being said, I mean, like those business ventures will start to probably fall off. He goes out there and has another performance like he did tonight, you know? And so that's just the reality of it. I understand. Um, but good to go back to Dustin did everything right. You know, oh, he smart. just, they, Mike Brown smart had game a plan. brilliant game plan. And I've, we talked about this last week. I said, look, I got to make sure that Dustin's getting his due when we did the podcast last week. Um, a midweek show. I said, because everybody has been talking about Conor McGregor. We had Conor McGregor on. We talked about Conor. Then the next time we had talked about Conor, the time before that, we had talked about Conor. We talked about well, Dustin, we, oh, but we, 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 we talked about getting Dustin on the podcast. Yeah, I tried, yeah. He was already on his way to uh, Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi. So, you know, obviously, we love Dustin. <laughs> He's a great guy. I love everything that, you know, he stands for. I love the way he does his... Uh, his charity foundation thing yeah. that he's doing, you know, but I will give Connor credit. $500,000 went right to Dustin's charity thing. I think that was uh, supposedly today they got a thing. So good on Connor for putting money towards Dustin's uh, charity, but Dustin Poirier is a fighter. He did say something tonight though. And it's just the truth. He goes, I don't like fighting anymore, but I'm a, I'm a bad motherfucker. And Dustin said that. Yeah. Okay. I missed the post fight interview because I was on my way down to the studio. So I bounced out right from the. No, the, it, it was right after the fight. And he leaned over to the commentary table and they repeated what he said. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you look and you go, yeah, it's about that time. Yeah. You know, it's about that time where it's, it's starting. It's, it's no longer that thing that, oh man, this sets me on fire. This is what I want to do. I love this. And it becomes, it's a job. Wow. It's work. It sucks at times, but you're good at it, so you continue to do it. And Dustin Poirier, he's good at it. Man, take a look at the people that Dustin has fought in just his last, we'll say, eight fights, maybe nine fights. Come on, Eddie Alvarez twice, mm -hmm. right? Max Holloway, freaking, you know, obviously now Conor McGregor. I'm trying to think. He lost to Khabib, I know, in that, but he, he, uh, he beat Justin Gaethje in that. Oh, Anthony okay. Pettis. Dan Hooker. Dan, Dan Hooker. I mean, come on, man. He has just absolutely fought a freaking, just a lion's den of yeah. bad motherfuckers, one after the other. And really, I think in the, the last, I don't know, maybe seven, eight fights, the only one that's beaten him is Magomedov. That's mm -hmm. it. I'm going to throw a little wrench in the in the conversation here. I think if Connor decides to step away or just be like, you know what? Maybe it's just not me anymore. That they're going to give Chandler to Justin Gaethje and then Charles Oliveira, like you were saying, is going to fight for the title. Oh, you changed it. You like no, you, I'm like, you I'm, forgot about Charles. You did. I, I didn't forget about him because remember I brought him up, but remember to fight to fight Justin over Chandler or Connor. I said I said Justin and I'm now I'm just talking gibberish. <laughs> Um, we started going into this whole thing. Look, it really, I think a real, a lot of it has to, it depends on whether Connor steps away or not. If Connor steps away, then I think they're going to give Chandler to Justin Gaethje and then Charles Oliveira will fight Dustin Poirier. If Connor doesn't step away, then I think that Chandler is going to fight for the title and they're going to give Chandler or Connor to, to Justin. And then I think Charles is going to fight after that. Dan already said in the post fight, he kind of likes Chandler Poirier. So for the title. Ooh. 
Go ahead, everybody, everybody. I want you guys all to. Uh, oh, look at look at the big braid on Mystic God. Thompson, baby, Mystic okay. Thompson. We'll yeah, see, yeah, we'll yeah. see. I mean, it really just comes down to both of them had performances on the same night. It makes it easier that's, and more marketable. That's, that's why he's talking. About. Yeah, it's like both of them had both he's, good performances. That's because he's not remembering this guy over here, but named Charles Oliveira, who had a really good performance against a guy named Tony. Ferguson. But he didn't finish him. him he but, acknowledge. He, but he didn't finish him and i yeah no, he did finish him oh sorry he did you're right he did no he didn't but he did no he did not no he didn't but <laughs> no. that arm bar yeah he didn't finish him, he didn't finish him. <laughs> <laughs> no tony made it through the round because yes, of when tony the arm bar happened i was thinking that of, arm i was thinking was going to go justin gaethje and him um no they're gonna i think like i said they're gonna give here's Poirier and Chandler makes sense because they both fought the same night and they both had knockouts and people will remember that they both fought on the same card and they both had knockouts. So just turn around and make it more marketable and be like, hey, these guys now are going to fight in because they both got them early knockouts. They're going to fight now in three months. Watch. It's going to happen just so they can book okay. this in March, April, May. I would say probably in May. Somewhere around there because they want to just stack. They're stacking. They've got a lot of good fights coming up. Stacked cards coming up. Oh my God. Yeah. Come on, man. They have it's this was 257. 258 is a good card. I'm yeah. not gonna say it. 259 is just stacked. And now yeah. they just came out with the 260 that they have Stipe and Ningano. And what's the other fight that's on that? They have another one that's fantastic. Uh, this gonna it's gonna be fun. Volkanovski, Volkanovski, and Brian Ortega. And Brian Ortega. Thank you very much. Mm -mm -mm. Hello. Yeah, they've got some good. And then you've got Izzy going up to weight. You know, to well, Jan. That, that's 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 in March. That's, that's in March, correct? I think. Yeah, March sixth. Uh, well, what's the one that's next month? Um, you have February? Usman Burns. Usman versus Burns oh, yeah. is in yeah. February, Usman February thirteenth. And the Blackface out of sun. Yeah, yeah. Then March sixth is the triple championship. Izzy versus Jan and all those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then that's Volkanovski against Ortega and then Stipe against Nangano. And then March Hello. is uh, Chimeyev and Edwards. And then Holland and Brunson. And then, uh, yep, Mar March is pretty stacked. We got four fights. Yeah, four, baby. Five, five. Yeah, just, that's crazy, man. It's going to be a, we're gonna, they're going to be busy. Da, 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 da. Going to yep. be busy. Going to be busy. Did you guys see Pitbull, Patricio Pitbull's? tweet just now uh, no i said <laughs> let me guess uh, let me guess the video of him <laughs> knocking out chandler no, yeah. no he says my son michael chandler will be easily the next ufc champion <laughs> that's beautiful oh geez. come on you gotta love my that son. guy man and uh mike chandler in his post fight has also just said that if uh, if he can pull could be retirement it'll be could be will become 29 in chandler <laughs> Uh, here's the thing I, I've said I said this a couple of weeks ago I think it was his post his interviews are cringeworthy and his post his post fight interview was cringeworthy no his post fight interview was great it was the only, lame. The only, no it was great you're like WWF long, stuff it was no lame. and I don't like WWF but I remember Ric Flair <laughs> I love saying Flair. that basic same shtick oh, and man. I was like oh my god he stole from what he just forgot the Woo! <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just don't have anything. Like when they started spout, like Ch when Chael used to do that shit, I was like, Chael. It was the one thing that I loved crazy, off of DC. Man. DC being the freaking wrestling nut that he yeah. is with pro wrestling, he knew and he started talking about it. So dumb. 
we're we're in a real sport here. What is this garbage, yeah, you guys? Anyways, um, yeah, I think it's gonna be. I really do believe it's gonna be Chandler and uh, Poye. Oliveira will wait for the winner, and then you'll have if Connor's there, it'll be Connor and uh, uh, Dustin. I think if Connor's not there, it'll be Gaethje and uh, and Oliveira. You got that? No, you're making no sense. You said it's going to be Connor and Dustin. If, if, oh, sorry, not Dustin, Justin. Dustin, yeah, Justin, okay, screwing you. me up, man. Oh, Jesus Christ. Do you know the difference between a D and a J? Well, you keep getting me. This, this is, we're just spinning wheels here right now. You're kidding me every time. <laughs> kidding me. Kidding me every time. You got to slow down with my CT. Uh. <laughs> um, but overall, I thought that the two fights that they paid the most for lived up to the hype. Yeah. Which was good. It's good yeah, for they them. They both delivered. Yeah, they both delivered. Yeah. What, what was your thoughts on the... Bellator did a hype video for Chandler right before this fight, and I, I thought it was a little bit strange. It was a bit of a gamble as well, because if he lost, you'd have kind of been like, ah. Uh, no, I, I, gamble. I actually I actually talked to them about it. I'm like, why why have we been posting so much stuff on Chandler? And they're like, well, look, everyone knows he's a, he's a, been a Bellator fighter since the beginning. Yeah. Like, le, like it, it would be really foolish of us to go out there and post a bunch of shit of him getting knocked out it just doesn't make that, sense it's very it's like very belittling as well like it's, it makes, makes you look small it makes you which is exactly small. i but you i would i would have thought they would have taken the no approach just you know not you know like whatever i don't i see i don't look at it that way at all and this is the way i look at it and i i haven't talked to anybody about it mm-hmm. and i had no idea they were going to do it but i look at it as this is a sport michael chandler as a fighter did a great job for Bellator. Mm-hmm. He represented him very well for a lot of years. He fought his ass off for him. And so he's going to go fight in another promotion against one of their big fighters. And why not Why not show what he's done in the past? Yeah. It's not going to hurt you. It's not going to do anything bad for you if he does lose. So, oh, well, if he does win, it just shows you. Yeah. Oh, Look at look what he did over here, and now he can do it over there too. Yeah, I think it's a good thing. Why why do you have to be the nasty one? Why do you have to go and show things like, oh, that guy got knocked out here? Come on, grow yeah. up. Yeah, I I thought though as as a business they would have taken the no approach, just like not okay. post anything. I mean, everyone That's knew that he came from Bellator. A lot of um, not the casual didn't know. But I mean, it's been in the media, and then they announced him actually as the Bellator former Bellator champion. You yep. know what I mean? So I I would have thought that they would have just kind of taken the no approach. But I think I think, but I I back what you were saying though. I think like you were saying, he, he was one of the original guys there. He had he had some great fights while he was there. You yep. know, and he has he had his ups and downs. You know, and uh, but he's doing it as now. fighters do. But he's doing it now in a new promotion. I really felt like to it. He had done everything he needed to do in that organization. It was time I for agree. it was time for him to move on. It, I thought I thought it was a good move for him. Yeah, I thought it was he was just it was just stale. I think it was stale. Like he he started fighting the same guys over and over. You know, the Patricio thing was a situation where Patricio they had bad blood. You know, but other than that, it was that fight would have never have happened otherwise. No, and yeah. that's also because he knocked, you know, Patricio's brother out. Yeah, Patricky. Yeah, in the it, last I, fight and beat him twice. Yeah, and I, th- I think it was just one of those like it became a stale situation. It was good for him to get changed. I think when like you see that sometimes when when people just need to get somewhere else. You see it in NBA, you see it in football. Like okay, look, I've been here for fifteen years, or I've been here for ten years. I gotta go somewhere else. 
you know, rejuvenate me, make me feel good. And I think it was a good opportunity and good time for him to go. You know, and if you look at those guys in the top 45 pounder, a lot of them are stand-up guys. And so he can stand up, but he can wrestle like a mother. Yes, you know, can. and so that gives him, I feel like when people are criticizing him, up until you get to Khabib, none of those guys can wrestle at his level. No. None of them. No. Well, people are going to say Justin uh, Gaethje no can't. Way. No way. We saw that Justin well, can't just wrestle at his people level. are going to say that. And yeah. no, they cannot wrestle at his no. level. The one guy that can out-wrestle him, in my opinion, MMA wrestling especially, is Khabib. Yeah. Khabib, you know, He's in a different, my, yeah. my one thing that's sad about, you know, today is today tells me that I'm not going to see Khabib Nurmagomedov fight anymore. No, you that's won't. That's a shame. That's I a shame. Said, I said that a while ago. I it's think, a shame. I, I don't, <laughs> like you, Dave just said when Dana, like when Khabib walked by Dana and said, let's be honest, none of these guys are on my level. He's a hundred percent right. Yeah. None of them. How does Charles? I I would only say the only guy that I feel like has a chance. Don't get me wrong. Chandler got a little bit of a chance because of the knockout power. You know, everyone yeah. well, you know got the knockout. Anyone power. can be touched and put and, up. And, and and Charles got the submission. You know, that are the opportunities there. But he's got yeah. a he's, he's it's got to be one of those things where you just catch him in a transition and a, you know it, while the takedown's happening or you know or while while something's going on you catch him in the scramble and you're able to knock him out like it's going to happen like that it's not going to happen just a straight right down the pipe i the reason why i would say chandler had a little bit of more of a chance than majority of them is because chandler's got a good hard right down right hand that comes right down the pipe and we saw what we saw with the the connor fight when he fought connor and we've seen with other fighters that he's fought michael johnson when they're fast and they throw straight they land. Khabib's taking some big shots. And with the with the Michael Johnson situation, he got a little, I wouldn't say he got rocked, but he got a little stumbled. Oh, he got yeah. rocked. Yeah, you know, like I he, was in there with him. He know, got rocked. He got he got he got he got clipped pretty hard. And then same thing with the Connor thing. He got hit with some good straight lefts in that fight. You know, um the and Chandler's got the power to, you know, to hurt him. It's just a matter if he could finish him or not, and if he could out wrestle him or not. I don't think he can. And it, especially in a five round fight, I don't I think it's just gonna get worse for him as the fight goes on. Um, but I, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think Khabib has any desire to fight any of those guys. None. I think in tonight with his comments, I think it makes sense. And he also just put a post, um, 10 minutes ago and he said, you can like him or hate him, but you have to respect him. This guy built the sport. Thank you for everything, Dana. I have so much respect for you. And so now there's speculation that that's a retirement post. Yeah, I think he's done. I mean, realistically, like and when he said something last week, like too, like he said, don't make me do anything that will upset my mother. You know, that he said, he said that I fighting's fighting's not, I don't fighting's not in my fighting's not in my near future. He also said that too in a post. It's like, okay, I, I think he's done, you know, and I thought that a while back, but I thought maybe something would spark his interest, somebody that that rose up. But it, I don't think he saw anything tonight that would really get him. I know that sure the knockouts were there, but he's already beaten Dustin, he's already beaten Connor, he's already beaten Justin Gaethje, he beat them all handily. You know, and I mean, really, like Chandler is kind of like the only guy that kind of in Oliveira that he hasn't fought and he hasn't beaten. But like, let let them be there for a while and let the dust settle, I guess, and then we'll see if he comes. But I don't think he will. I think he's done. He could always come back. He could, but I think he's done. I mean, it's hard. But look at look at the look at the Connor situation. You go away, you come back. You go away, come back. You can't keep doing that forever. No. You know, and then your performance is like you know, it's it's a it's a gradual client continues to. He work on this sport forever. 
You get yeah. better every day you go to the gym. 1% better every day. And no, it's not 1%, you, but yes. it's it's a small percentage, you're, you know? Yeah, maybe, you're you're maybe, hoping it's 1%. Yeah, 1% <laughs> is fantastic. But but you're right. It's it's those little tiny increments that yeah. continue to make you better and better. And when you're not doing it, everyone else is catching you. Yeah. You know, because you, you, it, it's not like you're staying still. You're not. Yeah. You're going backwards. The thing is with Kim, with Khabib, he will. Excuse me. Oh! I know. I know. It's not even as late for me as it is for you. Not <laughs> Dave, even close. Dave. Dave's yawning now, too. He caught oh, my yawn. Uh, caught my yawn. Here comes yawns. Yeah. Um, but the thing with, with Khabib, though, if he does come back, I do know that he never stops training. He's training with Islam. He's training with the other Islam, uh, Mamedov. Ma, Ma, I don't know how to say his last name. Umar, Uzman. And then Umar, Uzman. <laughs> but there's another Islam, Mamedov, that fights in PFL. There, he's training with all those guys that are over. He's got a bunch of guys that are making their way into the bigger shows. And so he's constantly training with all those guys. He's got a bunch of younger talent, too, that he's trying to build up and get going as well. So I think his focus now is, I don't want to say it's to take his dad's place in terms of running the team. I think it is. But it, it kind of is. I think it kind of is. I think he's kind of put that onto his shoulders. I like, think hey, that's these exactly are... the biggest part of everything. Yes, his mom you know, saying, hey, I would like you to stop it. And I understand why his mom oh, wants yes. to stop. But I think it's now, well, my dad was the coach. Mm -hmm. And he's not here. I'm going to take that spot. And I think that's a big thing with all of those guys that he has. you know. And now not only is he a coach, he's a translator too. <laughs> <laughs> He's really good too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, I guess we get to just wait until the dust settles, but I want everyone to understand they heard it here first. It's going to be Chandler and Poye for the title. Thank you. Thank you we'll very much. See. Thank you very but much. But I will say, yes. I want you to think about this. I told everybody, everybody, Josh, and you can, you got to back me up on this. Mybookie.com had Connor at minus 310 yeah. and I think Dustin Poirier was a plus 230 yep. and I said put your money on Dustin Poirier yep. did I not yes you did so if you were smart enough to go to mybookie.ag or .com and place a bet or at least even get an account where they gave you that 50% extra so you put $100 you now have 150 and you put that on Dustin Poirier you put $150 on Dustin Poirier you would have walked away with close to $400 in winnings. God bless America. John, did you forget <laughs> the bet you told him to take the week before? <laughs> don't even talk about it. those in the past. Don't count. They don't count at all. Why are you living in the past, Josh? Why do you keep bringing that? That's the past, Josh. Don't bring that up. Don't, bring a, don't no. ever bring up a loss. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Yes, that is that is true. I was actually it's so funny. I was looking at at my bookies, the odds right before the the main card started. I'm like, let's just throw it out a hundred bucks on Dustin and see what happens. But then I was, you know, what went through my mind? I was like, man, we just had Connor on. I feel like that's almost like you're slapping somebody in the face with you. Yeah, you know, because I never, I never, I, not that we're friends at all. But it's like I, I just don't bet on. I guess I don't bet on people that I know. I don't bet on people that I, I, I that are my friends. I definitely don't bet on my teammates. I almost feel like it's a jinx. But it went through my mind. It did go through my mind. But it also went through my mind to bet on Dan Hooker. And that and so that lets you know that my betting is like this. So That's when I give a... you guys betting odds, take it for what it is. Take it for what it is. <laughs> um what 50 else? chance you're gonna lose. What else do you think? <laughs> I look, I think I think let's let's to wrap up this this main card. 
Dustin Poirier fought a great fight tonight. Did everything yes. he needed to do. I think Mike Brown deserves a ton of credit for getting him mentally focused and mentally ready for this fight. And I think there's so many things that need to be talked about in terms of both of them need to get uh, need to be applauded. You know, Conor McGregor for donating $500,000 to Dustin Poirier's charity. Uh, yeah. Conor McGregor for even just coming basically out of, uh, I don't want to say out of retirement, but coming back and doing the fight with Dustin for something like this. Because remember how this all started was because of the cherry situation. Like, hey, yeah. I want to fight. I want to get this thing going by December. It was December originally. And Connor had reached out and said, look, then fine. We'll just make it a charity event for your charity. I'll donate the money. It was smart. It was brilliant uh, game plan on his part uh, to get him active and busy. If he is serious about coming back and staying busy, John, then I think then I think we'll see the old Connor come back if he's that if he's that serious. Do I think he will be? I don't think so. I think he's got way too many other things going on. It takes up too much of his time, especially now with a yeah. new baby on the way. He's got another baby on the way. So I think he needs to stay focused on his business ventures and gracious with his presidents, you know, in terms of, you know, talking about fights, helping pu uh, push the fights and and, pro and promoting help promoting these uh, these younger athletes that are coming up. I think that's great. But Dustin, I think he's got the futures ahead for him, man. He's. I think he will fight for the title next, and we're going to see if he ends up being the undisputed UFC world champion and I, in, in his next fight, which I think he's got a good chance of doing. He definitely does. Yeah, I I totally agree with you. And then when you look at the co-main event, you got to give it to Michael Chandler, man. He did exactly what he needed to do. He went out, he put pressure, he created a situation, he lands the big shot, he created that, and then was smart enough when he hurt him and started to go towards the guillotine, pushed back. So I'm just going to keep on hitting and, you know, made the referee stop the fight. But just a, just a great performance by him in a yeah. tough situation, but he made it fun and he made it to where it worked for him. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Like you said, both fighters, both fight, both co-main event and main event, they did what they were supposed to do tonight. So I, you can look forward to them probably being in the for the title is what I believe. What else is there? This is all happening in real time, but um, Connor's saying so. Connor's made a couple of comments. First comment he made was that the he he never got rocked. He said he said it was a he there was calf kick that he was feeling, and he just said it was like it just took him out. And he didn't expect it, and he didn't train for that. And um, he said he wasn't rocked at all. It was just he couldn't stand. Um, and so that was the real issue with with what finished the fight and then he said that he will regroup and he will come back and fight again and he doesn't know who but he yeah he definitely will be back I, well if, if he is going to come back I, I i think he should walk away i think he should just go do what he doesn't know but if he is going to come back and he is going to be reinvigorated i think it's going to be justin gaethje i think it's a smart fight for him to take both going to stand i think he's going to focus on his boxing and his kicking again he's gonna have to work on checking that kick but i mean like i said with the justin gaethje fight they're opposite stances so it's yeah, not as effective. It does make a difference. Yep, and he and he's very good at checking that inside kick and throwing that straight left off of that. You know, so I think that's what's going to make a difference if he does come back. But uh, we'll see. What else is there? Did you guys follow the story that came out during the week? Hold on, let me uh, pause this real quick. So I got uh, in my ear. Um, the story that happened during the week. Uh, Otman Azitor. Azitor. I don't yeah. know. Oh, yes. He uh he had he basically had somebody sneak into the 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 bubble as they were calling it um yeah. and they still didn't confirm what was in this bag that was that was doesn't uh, matter covered yeah I don't care what's in the bag I don't care if it's 
if it's a freaking nuclear weapon. I don't care if it's money. I don't care if it's marshmallows. What that guy did is he went and put everybody in that organization, every fighter, every staff person, every hotel person, he put them all at risk. Now, not so much risk of, I'm not going to, I'm not making COVID like it's, oh my God, they're all going to die. That's not it. But he put them in a position where they could have lost money. They could have lost their fight. The UFC could have been in a, in a huge, huge problem based upon what the decision-making process of one fool was, you know, a lot, I heard, I heard, I've heard some people say, oh, they, you know, to, you know, to cut him, that is so wrong. No, it's not, not even close. He yeah. deserves to be cut. And I hope that no organization is dumb enough to pick him up because if he did that there, he would do it with you too. And you, there's rules. There's rules that everyone follows. I want you to think about this. If you, cause Josh, you and I have to sit through quarantine all the time. Right? It's a lot of fun, isn't it? It's the greatest part of my trips. <laughs> now, think about being out of quarantine, and now someone comes up to you and says, hey, just so you know, we had a problem. This individual that's over here that you were in contact with just for three seconds, I need you. You're going to go get tested right now, and I need you to go back into quarantine, and we're going to retest you after you come out of quarantine. Tell me what you would say asshole are you fucking kidding me i yeah. gotta go sit in my fucking hotel room again it will drive you crazy and that's what that's what happened to certain people yeah they had to go back into that and so i mean i thought the ufc handled it correctly i thought they were totally right in getting rid of that fighter and i think that that fighter has no concept of what he did to everybody there and what risk he put the UFC as a promotion in bad. Yeah. I look at it from a couple. I didn't look, I heard there was a video going around. I didn't see the video, but from what I understand, the fighter cuts the band off, yep. gives it to his buddy yep. or gives it to someone to give to his buddy. His buddy then comes into the hotel, goes up to like a, he, a, he a hotel. Okay, but he so he taped it on, goes up to a hotel room that's four floors above his room, and then shimmies down to his balcony and goes into the balcony and then into his room with a bag, changes his clothes, and then walks out of the room without the bag. No one knows what's in the bag. Just overall, the optics of it all looks freaking horrible. Thank Absolutely you. horrible. I mean... Like I said, I'm not even get into the COVID situation. I don't know how high this thing is. Four, four stories though is a lot. What happens if he falls and kills himself? This is like this is stupid stuff. What was <laughs> that important in that damn bag? Someone's like, oh, it was money. You know, though, this I want to make sure this is clear. Maybe it was. Maybe it was. But here's the other thing. You know, you can check that in at the hotel lobby, okay? And then they'll bring it to your room. You're like, yeah, yep. but it was money. Okay. What about the so guy what? who? What about the guy who gave that guy the band? That guy must have been in contact with the fighter. Why can't you just give that guy the bag for the money, and then he could have walked it? What was what was the point of all this? So whoever gave the guy the band to get into the hotel and get up to the room and then shimmy down to his room, is obviously could have been in contact with the fighter. What was that important to get into the room? That's that's what's scary about the whole situation. I don't know what it was, but it, it must have been something really 
really think about this. What if it was just lingerie? How dumb would you, you know, like, what if it was something <laughs> really, really stupid, you know, like, oh, he wanted I don't certain know, lingerie is kind of important. But if he wanted something, like, what if he wanted some stupid food, like some different type of food they didn't have at the hotel? Like, are you kidding me? This is what you guys did for something like this. I mean, I'm you're talking about fighters. They've been known to do stupid, stupid stuff. This is <laughs> this is really just ridiculous. I mean, when that, it comes that down was, to it, that was a really stupid thing because for no reason, put everybody in a position where they were affected negatively based upon his decision and his actions. Yeah. I think that I'm not, I'm not too keen on saying that nobody should sign him. I think that what you do is you let the dust settle say give it like say six months to eight months and you say, Hey, did you learn your lesson? Did you? Because I look, we talked about this. What about the Greg Hardy thing? You think eventually you got to give someone a second chance, you know? You gotta give yeah. them second chances. This is a second yeah, I chance agree. situation. I agree. But boy, um, it'd be a while before I'd let I'd, yeah. I'd sign him. If I, I if I was in charge of a promotion, it'd be a long time before I signed him because I, I can't trust him. Yeah, that's true. Yep. It was uh sorry guys, excuse me. Whew, past my bedtime. Boy, <laughs> what time is it there? It's uh eleven thirty at night. Oh my god, that's the night. I know. What is it like three in the morning where you're at? 2.30 in the morning and I have to be in a car or 7 o'clock for an airport. No, Ooh, so why, even, why even go to sleep? I'm not going. <laughs> uh, what else you got for us? And some funnier news. Did you guys see the Den Thomas Khabib video where... Um, <laughs> You're such a jerk. <laughs> Khabib mistook Dean Thomas for uh, Ease Edwards and uh, basically oh. told him, like, I don't like you because you beat my teammate Josh Thompson. <laughs> There's a video too of it. Dave sent me the oh. video. Oh, it's so funny. It's yeah. so good. Um, yeah. So just wanted to highlight that moment in time because that is hilarious. Not a lot that of people is. might see it. Uh, oh man, are you guys doing some awards for Bellator that I saw? I, I didn't. I saw that, but I think I couldn't understand what it was. It was in. It was in Italian. Mm. John, so you know I think is? it was like some sort of like Italian uh, reward thing. It looked like they you had you and I for something. Huh? They, yeah, they had you and I for some reward, some some award. I don't know if we won it or if we were vote if they were voting because it was in Italian, so I, I couldn't like read. You guys what were hosting said. some type of awards. Uh, oh, we're hosting things that we don't even know about. That's no, because they had they they had a, a chain of of them that went out. I only reposted the one with us in it, yeah. but there was a chain of them that went out. It it was like uh, with uh, the ring girls, and there was another one with like a like a, a top fight. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I couldn't read what it was because I don't speak Italian. You, did you did you see the thing that there was a story that came out? Uh, Jordan Burroughs, you know, one of the you know, one of the great wrestlers of today and maybe of all time, you know, saying, "I don't think I'm going to do MMA. I don't like to get punched in the face." <laughs> and I saw a lot of people are going like, "Oh, you know," and it's like, "Dude, yeah." What's wrong? What's wrong with him saying no? I I'll stick with wrestling, and I don't want to get punched in the face. Yeah, a lot of people don't like to get punched in the face. That kind of makes them smart. Yeah, I mean, boy, I would have loved to have seen him in MMA. Well, you could. Yeah, me too. I mean, I want to see if someone could stop that takedown, that double Oof. leg. But but the thing is though, is that look, you you end up being look at what's a serving man's what Olympic silver medalist. What's that? Sarah McMahon isn't she a silver medalist? Yes. Okay. Yes. So she's an Olympic silver medalist. It doesn't mean that's going to translate to fighting. No, it don't get me doesn't. wrong; she's good. 
But like we saw tonight, the lack of confidence to be on the feet. Like, you know, put yourself in situations like that. It's just not. Why? I think he knows what his boundaries are. You know, he's already got a family. He's uh he's really successful in what he's doing. He could run and do camps and he, do. He could stay in wrestling for the rest of his life. Yes, he can. Being a coach, trainer, all those yeah. things. And he would be fantastic. And if that's what you want to do, Jordan, I'm 100% behind you. Don't get punched in the face. I agree. Don't get punched in the face. <laughs> Learn how to slip your punches. Yeah, what slip. else? What else you got? Um, that's it as far as news. I bet by Wednesday we're going to have a shit ton of new updates. I felt like there was more. There was one thing about, and I don't know, talking about uh, not Dustin, Dan Hooker. They were talking about he put his gloves in the ring. Yes, he left That's his gloves a weird in the middle thing. of the ring. I, I think it was more out of frustration, in my opinion, because he's too young, yeah. too good, has too much left in him to walk away from the sport. Now, I think it's frustration yeah, you know, and maybe a little disappointment in his performance and what happened with, with uh, his fight, but he should definitely not be retiring. Yeah, I can't imagine. I can't imagine he would. I yeah I mean I you would think like I guess for me sometimes the fights that I lost I didn't even bother keeping those gloves <laughs> I just like I left them in the locker room I, mean, I regret that now but you know it is they're bad luck yeah bad luck gloves get rid of them this is Dana White says to Khabib imagine what you and Connor would do in another fucking fight why would See that's that's the stupidest that's thing. A, it's an old ever. story. It's an old story. Oh. It's an old story. I'm just reading through the news that happened this week while they were getting ready for yeah. this fight. So. No, that that's the. I mean, that that you talk about a fight that is gone. Mm -hmm. That one's gone. Scroll up a little bit, Dave. Uh, oh, there, never. Mind. I thought that was Lorenzo Fertitta right there for a second. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, I think, I think that's we pretty much it, right? That's pretty much I all bet, it. I bet on Wednesday we have a shit ton more. God, I got it. Is it? Yeah. Do we have anything to announce for Wednesday's show? Is it just Josh or is it both people, both of you guys? No, it's even both yeah, of us. He's talking about us. What is I, wrong I thought, with you? I thought we're kicking Podcast John off. I thought we're taking a break from Big John for a little bit. Is mine. Man, he just keeps cutting into his pay, Big John. Well, I'll tell you what, man. That quarter is down to an eighth now. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, Jeez. God. Yeah, I, I, had, I thought I had some news that we were talking. Oh, I was like the guy fighting, the guy who got cut. What else was there? There was a lot of things on my mind this week. Mm. I have a ton of shit. I'm doing like a, a remodel at my gym right now. So but it's just like trying to get all that construction done. What else? What else? What else? Are you going to be in L.A. next week? I will be in L.A. next week. Yeah. Why don't you just come film here in the studio? Because I'm in L.A., not San Jose. It's only five hours, John. Come on. Yeah. Guess what? On, Negatory. Just jump in the car. Negatory. On, You're that close, man. You might yeah. as well. Jumping in. Can you dick. imagine how happy our fans would be to see us in the studio together? <laughs> that means I'd have to look at Podcast Dave. You know how to do. I get an upset stomach. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be kind of easy. <laughs> oh, kind of easy. Oh, um, that happened to old man at like 78 anyway, like just upset stomachs for no reason. You know, you know, I don't know what's really fucked up, Dave. What's up? When an old 78 year old whips your ass. It's oh. embarrassing. Well, what you don't know is that a 32 year old is faster than a 78 year old. Oh, so now he's running. I'll run you <laughs> easily. Okay. He'll definitely outrun me now. I'm, I'm done. I ain't running no more. That shit hurts. It's funny when I don't know. I showed you guys the pictures of my kid's head. 
mm-hmm. um, when he fell last night. We were in the hospital and they had to hold him down so they could put staples in the back of his head. Yeah. And uh, the doctor was this like this like six five like fucking massive guy, and he's like he's like you guys need to get him into sports. I was having a really hard time holding him down. <laughs> <laughs> he's strong. He's a strong uh, kid, man. He's a big boy. <laughs> I know, he is, he's man. a big boy. He's crazy for his for his age. That mm-hmm. Scottish blood running through him. No. <sighs> All right, everyone. Uh, I want to thank you guys for joining the show. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed it. Go to mybookie.com, mybookieag. Hope you guys played some good, smart bets and you did not listen to me and you listened to John because you would have won some <laughs> money had you listened to John. Uh, use the promo code Wayne in and they will double your. No, they will not double. They will give you 50% of your initial deposit up to $1,000. So if you put 500 mm-hmm. in, they'll give you another 250. So you would end up with $750. Um, so hopefully you guys did that. Also go to prowrestlingtees.com slash Wayne in. Use the promo code podcast. Get additional 20% off off of our plethora of ter- shirts that are available for you. So uh, we've got a Karate Kid one that John is wearing today. Or not John, but sorry, podcast. <laughs> I'm mixing, mixing up the you guys up today. I'm on point, aren't I? Uh, so we have a Karate Kid one with Big John and myself and even Podcast Dave on the computer on that one. And we've got the Terminator one as well. And we've got our original one. I like the original one from our very first logo that we had. That is the... That is the because you're a homer. I, I am a homer in that situation. But uh, yeah, we've got a great shirt that are up there. Check that out. ProWrestlingTees.com slash Wayne in. Promo code is podcast for additional 20% off. What you got, John? One last thing to say, buddy. Uh, I got nothing else to say. I got to get on a plane. I hate planes. (laughs) Go ahead, Josh. See ya. (laughs) Boom.